0: Personalized Learning with Matt Courtney. This is Matt.
1: I'm Courtney. We talk about the do-do's and don't-do's of personalized learning. Yes, we do. Yeah.
0: So we're going to follow up last week's episode a little bit and make a couple of clarifications.
1: Yep, and then continue on with the series that we said yeah, we would talk about absolutely. with personalizing in um, air quote content areas. Um, so what's what's one of the clarifications we need to make?
0: Well, we got some feedback from a listener and they said that they were wondering if we were saying that it was okay for learners not to know some of the details around like 9-11 and the Kennedy assassination and the Challenger disaster and things that we we talked about events that shaped history. So, and I think we didn't clarify enough that those things come out in more of the foundational language.
1: Right. Yeah. We're not saying don't teach these things. We right. are not saying learners don't need to know about these things or like whatever. You can look it up. No need to talk about it in class. Right.
0: If you can Google it, it doesn't matter. So right. we're going to skip that. And yeah. you, we just want you for those grand connections. Right. right, right That's right, not right. what we're saying. Nope. That's all the foundational language. Uh, that is something that they need to know in order to make those connections. So, yeah, they're important. But our point, I think, was we need to make these things relevant for them. that's why we want to make those connections.
1: Right. Yeah. Stopping at knowing what 9-11 is and what happened and just knowing the general, you know, the specifics of that event or any other event. Just knowing that there was a civil war and who was involved. Just knowing that the Challenger exploded and and when and what. That's not enough is what we're saying. Right. That's not the end. Right. That's just the beginning of the learning.
0: That's why we call it foundational language. Yes. And not. As okay. you said, that's not the target. It's not the target. The target is not 9-11 tragedy.
1: Right. The big meteor, even if you were just to focus on 9-11, it's still not just that it happened. Right. It's, you know, the the causes of it, the effects of it.
0: Right. So then what, basically? Then what? Yeah, right.
1: it's it's the higher, higher thinking skills um, related to it and, you know, just taking that step back and embedding it in something larger, um, opens it up for learner interest and choice, which is what we're talking about.
0: So I hope that clarifies it for you. Yeah. It. Thank you for the for the question. So I yep. really love getting feedback.
1: Right. It's good.
0: All right. So what are we moving on to today?
1: Well, we're sticking with this idea of how do you personalize in in the more discrete content areas. Okay. Um, because so far we've talked about a couple ways to go about doing that, which really. Um, I think feel open and accessible to people who feel like they're targets or they have the flexibility to interpret standards and targets in a more broader way. Okay. And I know that there are listeners out there who feel like they can't right. or they do have very tight more restrictive targets mm-hmm. to work within or standards to work within. So how do you do it then? Right. Um, because those aren't the only ways. Right. Right so um I think for this a way to think about this is I don't know if we've talked about this before but the like the three if you think about learning as three phases input process output I'm not sure we've talked about this before
0: um Yeah, I don't know. Well, let's talk about it now. Let's talk about it
1: now. Yeah, so you (laughs) could break all learning into three phases. The input phase, which is where you're getting all of that foundational knowledge, right? Learning the things you have to learn in order to do something with it. Mm -hmm. Um, And a lot of times in a classroom, this looks like reading something. It looks like lecture, watching a video. Like Mm -hmm. anytime you're taking stuff in, input. Then there's the processing part. And this is where teachers really do their magic. Mm -hmm. Um, So understanding it chewing on it tossing it around processing the knowledge and then the output where you do something with it right where you show what you've learned show what you understand now apply it in a different way
0: right there's some type of product
1: yeah some type of product okay um so for content areas for anywhere really i mean it's i i feel like i have to do an aside here like it's awkward (laughs) for me to just say content areas which is why i kept doing air quotes and stuff because from the, the, the philosophy and the stance I work from is that there are no content areas. Right. Everything is related and you can do science in English class, you can do English in science class. Like there's just, and the schools I work in, were really breaking away from that. So like, bear with me guys, it's hard for me.
0: <laughs>
1: anyway. Okay. Um, is to think about, so I think for a discrete content class, or if you're, let's say you are a high school science teacher and you really want to go down this way, but you're surrounded by a bunch of curmudgeons who are like, no, changes, bad. And you just, you know, <laughs> let's go with that. That's your scenario. So you're like, help. All right. So break your unit down into input, output. Um, input, processing, output. Or, okay. or break the sections of learning into your input, processing, output. And the two areas where it's most easy to customize mm-hmm. or personalize are in the input phase and the output phase. Right. So, Matt, why don't you talk a little bit about the output phase? Because I feel like this is where it's the easiest way to connect with choice.
0: Yeah, so we, when we talk about the outputs, uh, a lot of times in, in the past, like when we started teaching there is a lot of you will do it this way only. And so you yes. have a, a rubric for a poster for instance yeah. and you get you know five points for a title, six points for mm. correct looking pictures uh, you have to have no. blah 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 it looks like a recipe so everybody comes out with the, the same, same thing. thing yeah and that's not really any choice there at all. And that's that's one mm-hmm. way that you want to see as the teacher, but that might not be the best way for a learner right. to show what they've known. So other ways to show it, uh, could be as simple and th- this is really the easiest one talking to the learner
1: right doesn't you know, always have to be a physical product and we've
0: had numerous teachers say is that okay if i just talk talking to the kids them? and like <laughs> I'm not sure what you're asking. Right. Makes but me of think of Wayne's is.
1: World. Just talk to, talk to her. Talk to her. Talk to her. Just talk to them. Talk to them.
0: And I, I yeah. totally think that we just dated ourselves by laughing yeah, at the Wayne's too. World reference. <laughs> so,
1: Other people did too. Yeah, yeah. Of course you did. you know who you are.
0: So, so is, if, if you're talking to a learner just to see what they know, isn't that evidence really of their learning? Yes, it is. So that's the very first part. So if you're deciding whether the output should be a poster or a PowerPoint, well, we can do better than that, too. Mm-hmm. It can really be anything the learner wants to do. Yeah. So my advice would be show some of those things. Right. You know, make a podcast would be one. And yeah, I know a lot absolutely. of, like, ELA teachers do this now for, yeah. for research and, and uh, what's what's the media output going to be. It doesn't have to be an essay every time. No. So, but it doesn't have to be something grand that every kid is doing something different either. No, it doesn't matter what the outputs could be. No, it could be talking to the 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 learners could be talking to the class and kind of walking them through what they've known, Uh, not just reading through their poster. Right. Either because I've seen a lot of that. You make a poster and then I read (sighs) it to the learners. It's like, here's my aside. Yeah. It's like going to presentation and the the presenter reads off the slides that are on the wall. It's like, well, I can read, (laughs) you know, I want something more than that. So we try to do something different. We put up pictures of like rock stars and then we talk over it (laughs) because they're trying to figure out what the connection is. And that's a good thing because they are now thinking. They're thinking. All right, so they're trying to, to, even if it doesn't make any sense at all, which sometimes we do that on purpose. Right? No, but we want the We know
1: to... all of that specific <laughs> webinar you're referring to, all of those pictures made sense. <laughs> yes, they did. Yes <laughs> they did.
0: So but the point is don't just give something that is very, very basic level. Let the learners try to figure out what some of those outputs might be. But you need to show them some of those things too. Show some potential outputs. Yeah. Whether it's a, a poster or an essay or a podcast or a um a presentation it doesn't have to be the same thing every time No. and let the kids say well what if I did this yeah your answer should be yes
1: right I think one place to go with this if you're still kind of feeling like well I don't know how to come up with choices is think about multiple intelligences right um, and so you know pick a product that you typically do let's say it's go with the poster since, you know, it's the science fair poster, right? So now think how else could this be presented for someone who is more of like, you know, the physical kinesthetic type person? Is there a way that they can make a game that shows that, Mm. you know, like a physical game that gets across the concept? Um, Can they do... (laughs) Can they do interpretive dance? I don't know, maybe (laughs) they can, you know, but of course there needs to be some, you know, you as a teacher do need to like interview also to try to like any of those super creative ways, either if it's like a piece of art or, you know, a dramatic performance or something like that, or a piece of music even. if you feel like you need to ask more questions, you ask more questions. Exactly. Um,
0: you still have to figure yeah. out that the it's at the same rigor, right? Like whatever that whatever that product is has to be focused on the learning targets and has to be at a certain rigor. Yes. But so let's say if you if they wrote a music piece as you just said, yeah. So you still want to ask the questions about, you know, why did you pick that? Right. Why, why did you write it that way? Yeah. Why? Why did Why did this happen? Why did that happen? Right. And you get at why. Their process, really. So you're yeah. figuring out their process, which, again, you said before, that was really the fun part. In the yeah, that's the fun part. So if we let's talk about the input resources real quick. Yeah.
1: So input resources. Um, so this is another place where you can infuse some personalization and some choice for learners. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like I said before, so it's it's kind of similar thinking process as the output. It's like, so you start with what you typically do. So let's say you typically have learners read from the textbook, you Mm -hmm. know, a particular chapter. Um, So then you kind of think in a few different ways. Like one way you have to think is in terms of um, ability, accessibility. Mm -hmm. That sounds weird, but like, you know, (laughs) that didn't sound (laughs) right. Most textbooks are written at a very high reading level. Sure. probably only two or three learners in your class actually can access that reading mm-hmm. level. So one way to think about it is how can I get texts that get at this same concept but are at different levels? Mm-hmm. Um, and then you can give the learners learners choice or guided choice as to which text they use. And there are a lot of resources out there to help you with that. Um, and I totally encourage high school and middle school science teachers, like go get, you know, like the, younger books, like younger Mm -hmm. kid nonfiction books are amazing and get at the same stuff, you know. So, like, because the other thing you want to think about is, like, you don't want just one input resource. Right. You want a few. Um, So if you started with a text, now you've expanded it. Let's say you've got text resources that get at three or four different reading levels. Um, Now you want to think about is there a video that they can, like – or a couple different videos that also get at this concept that you're trying to get them to learn, or these or pieces of the concept that you can then create. It's like you're, you're curating a set of resources that the learners then choose from. Right. Um. And so you can leave it totally open. So let's say you end up then with you've got three different texts, you've got two different videos, you yourself have a ten-minute lecture that you can give. Um, and then maybe you heard a really cool radio lab <laughs> episode, oh, right, right? right? So there's something that learners can listen to. So now you have like six or seven different input resources for a particular set of, for a particular target, right? Mm-hmm. So now you as a teacher can say total free choice, like you need to interact with three of these. You mm-hmm. choose which ones. Um, you can say everybody has to come to my mini lesson and everybody has to read one text uh-huh. other than that, free choice. Uh-huh. Um, so you can put constraints on it that way. Um, or you don't you know you can even say you don't have to read text. you have to, you know you, that right. would be the one like just three of these resources. Right. So a kid it does depends. two videos and a mini lesson. Like, yeah. But you're curating these resources so that you know that they get at all the foundational skills and pieces of the standard that you need them to get at. Right. Um, and then you work with them from there. So now the next question right, is like, how do you manage all of this as a teacher? Mm-hmm. Like, well, maybe we talk about that in another episode, Absolutely. But, um, because this is really just more about the, like, the planning for it. Right. But, so start with a few options and grow. So I think that that's um, if you have a more restrictive target and you're feeling like stepping back to a broader interpretation of the standard or the target doesn't work for you, then think about personalizing within your mm-hmm. target and you do that through thinking about the input and the output options you're giving learners.
0: Okay, we're gonna talk a lot, of more, lot more about that, I would say, in the upcoming episode. Yeah,
1: and I think like to add on to that, also like this idea we've talked about go slow, you know, so we talked about the output resources, the output um, output process first, because that's easy. That's like, that's not a whole lot of work on you as the teacher, right, as far as like teacher load. Like, you can give the learners choices and they're the ones that are really taking that on. Um, planning for a voice and choice and input resources takes a little bit more time. So if you're new to this, start with the output resource choice. Right. Um, Know, they're not output resources, but start with the outputs first. Yeah,
0: think about what they could be. Right, You don't yeah. have to take this all on at once. No, and is, then, is, then once you're comfortable
1: there, then start thinking about you know, adding choice into your input resources.
0: So one thing that you said in the last couple of weeks that I remember is what what am I doing that the yes. learners could be doing?
1: Yeah, what and am it, I doing that the learners could do for themselves? And it
0: always comes back to that, I yeah. think. And sometimes it isn't. Sometimes mm-hmm. there isn't that isn't that part, especially with that middle part, right? That process. The processing. Part. Yeah. That's where the fun part of teaching is, right. because now you're helping kids like waddle through that knowledge. yes yeah. the, the word that came to mind right there. <laughs> it's totally It's, what it it's is. like you're trying to help them out, but <laughs> yeah. it's like you don't have to do that foundational stuff. You don't have to have one particular output. You know, that's where their choice comes in. They'll be more engaged that way right. because now you're helping them with the fun stuff, not lecturing at them or whatever with the the boring stuff that they just need for input
1: matt what if you think the lecture lecturing is the fun stuff
0: yeah well we need to get past that a little bit yeah especially at our level you know at at, at the k-12 level we don't have to lecture at them Mm -hmm. you know as a high school teacher i did a lot of that and you know my kids are in college now and i hear a lot of that they just lecture and they fly through things And, yeah, they're in a different situation, but these are just kids, basically, that we're teaching at the K-12 level, and we need to build them up to those sort of things. Mm. And just because they're in high school doesn't make them young adults. It makes them teenagers who don't know what's going on.
1: None of them have brains that are fully developed yet.
0: There you go. And that's it. So, so why are we trying to treat them like they're 25 years old yeah. where we can just lecture at them every single day? We need to get yeah. past that a little bit. Yeah. And our advice is just try something and see what happens. Because yeah. that's how you change a little bit. If you see the learners more engaged that way, that's a win for everybody. Right. What are we doing next month in October?
1: Um, I'm going to be sitting next to a pool. In Florida. Florida! We're going
0: to Florida. <laughs> so we're going to be the, we're, we're, we've been named the MCs of the Voices Hub podcast at Inacall.
1: Yes, we are. In Orlando
0: next month. So if you're not going, uh, you, you should start registering because <laughs> Register it's a great time. Yeah. Uh, you can come and meet us if you want. So if you're already going, you can come down and we can put you on the podcast. Right. And we're going to have a good time. Yeah,
1: it's going to be a lot of fun. A lot
0: of people who talk about personalized learning. All in one I place. I think
1: we might end up having like an INA call, like doo doo extravaganza episode.
0: <laughs> we need to come up with a good name, but I do like doo doo extravaganza. <laughs> okay, that's awesome. So uh, give us feedback on that sort of thing. Uh, let us know if you're going. Uh, you can hashtag PLearnMC. Yeah. Uh, you can tweet at us at at PLearnMC.
1: You can tweet at me at BelolanC
0: and you can tweet at me at eat sleep stats if you want to see all kinds of dumb political stuff and soccer news.
1: Yeah, here. And
0: some stuff about this and too. And some stuff about this. <laughs> but yeah. Okay. So you all, we also have our webpage at plearnmc.com.
1: Right. Yeah. Woo-hoo.
0: And our Facebook page of course where we put up some bonus content.
1: Yeah, we kind of yeah, bonus content gets put up dudus.
0: doos lots of do-doos. do-doos we on spread do-doos. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I think we're going to end pretty soon. But definitely, uh, we love feedback, so please, on our website, there is a parking lot, so put stuff on there and we will respond to it. Thank you for the listener who talked about uh, clarifications from last week.
1: Yep. We'll talk next time.